Welcome to Sex and Happiness with Lori Handlers. Amazing sex and intimacy are just around the corner. While Lori puts the finishing touches on her new book, Sex and Happiness Over 60, please enjoy this show. It's one of her favorites from the Sex and Happiness Archives. How often do you think couples have sex? Seems they have a lot of sex during the first three to six months of their relationship. And then the fires start to simmer, I think, for most people anyway. Differing sexual appetites show up and also demanding careers cause people to chill down. You know, they just, they just kind of lose it. And they lose it a lot faster than they thought they might lose it. Many couples become greatly discouraged and they settle for no sex or very infrequent sex while other couples seek out Tantra in an effort to spice up the bedroom again. My guests today, Antoinette and Richard Asimus, are Tantra teachers. And the important part here in terms of what we're looking at is they've been actually married for 42 years. That's totally amazing. And they claim to know something about spicing up the sex life and how to simultaneously handle daily practical life and deep, sustained, ecstatic tantric practice. So that's what we're going to find out about today from them. Antoinette and Richard helped people live in joy, excitement, and love. In 1998, they founded Tantra Heart, one of the leading systems for uniting heart, sex, consciousness. And they help people awaken. They, couples awaken to their fullest potential. So, Antoinette and Richard, you've got to tell us something about how a person can start on a path where they can rekindle something, balance things. You know, people want to know why this happens to them and then what they can do about it. And most importantly, you obviously did something about it. You've been married for 42 years, so please share with us some of your wisdom. Welcome to the show. Hi, Laurie. Thank you. It's it's wonderful to be here and uh, really exciting to hear your voice again. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Laurie. This is Richard. And it's a joy <laughs> being with you and the, the energy and the love and the great gifts you bring to the world. It's an honor to be here in this magical, strange, electronic world room together here. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to have you. And this is really my, this is one of the favorite things that I do in, in life is oh, expose you, people on uh, internet to really the basic fundamentals of how they can shift and change their life in some very simple ways. And right. I happen to know, I mean, I, I always refer back to this cover of Newsweek that I saw in about, I don't know, uh, 2004. It was when I was writing my book, Sex and Happiness. I saw the cover of Newsweek. It showed two people in bed the man had a clicker in his hand, you know, a remote control thing <laughs> that men love those things. I don't even know how to work those things. But anyway, men love those things. And it showed the woman with a laptop in her lap and they were in bed. And the, and the, the article was entitled DINS, Double Income, No Sex Couple. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, DINS. Thank you. We'll use that. And there are a lot of them from our experience and research. There are a lot of DINs. 
And yeah. you're right that it, it shows up earlier. People are really quite surprised by it. How can something that's so hot all of a sudden be like overwhelmed? It's, it gets lost. It goes, goes numb. And, and then of course the issue is to blame. You know, the typical pattern that we do in our, in our coaching and that, pardon me, we have the phone system here. Um, well, we're not going to answer it, of course, but it, okay. it's, go, it's going to ring for a few moments. Sorry. Um, the uh, uh, the typically they get upset. You know, the low desire person, the higher desire person. What's wrong with you? What's you know? It becomes then snowballs and gets even more frustrating for both both people. So we do quite a bit of coaching about this, and but we can also speak from our own personal experience is long-time yeah. partners is the exciting part that yeah, we that's made a, the, Richard that's what that's actually where I want us to start I yes. mean you two you, you know, we met in around 1997 or 1998 and you right. two were getting on the tantric path the same time I was getting on the tantric path and right. and you were married and by and at that time you were married quite a few years so yes. so so what is it? I mean, you know, what happened for you and what changed it for you so that people can start to understand that this is normal, that if they're having some problems with the heat in their relationship, that there's plenty of things they can do about it and that, and we'll go to your coaching aspects a little bit later in the show, but t- talk the personal part first. Like, who woke up one day between the two of you and said, oops, we better do something. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that that happened. I don't know, though. Right. Yeah. Actually, we had um, always had a consistent and loving sexual relationship. And I, I guess kind of like in the Woody Allen movie where um, he and I think it was Annie Hall each went to a therapist separately. And the therapist said, well, how often do you have sex? And she said, oh, we're always having sex, like three or four times a week. And then the therapist asked Woody, Hall, Woody Allen the same question in his session later. said, well, how often do you have sex? And he said, oh, hardly ever at all, you know, three or four times a week. And um, so that was our pattern. You know, we had sex about three or four times a week, and it was satisfying and enjoyable. But we had also reached a point in our relationship where we felt Hmm, we really were ready to amp things up to bring bring another dimension in. And um, in in a deep conversation we had on a long vacation in Hawaii, we shared some of our, our deepest longings and yearnings. And one of them was um, to increase our um, our uh, sexual intimacy and the energy and the power of our sexual relationship and also to deepen and uh, expand the spiritual nourishment. Um, you know, I, I was just personally feeling a real longing for that. And when we discovered Tantra, found that, wow, through the practice of Tantra, you get like the two-for-one deal <laughs> that it brings that union of the sexual and the spiritual together. And actually, Richard is the one who was in a bookstore and, a, you know, a book on Tantra kind of fell off the shelf and uh, into his lap. And so he started exploring this first and was really interested in it and brought it to me and said, you know, I, I'm really excited about this and I'd like to start uh, exploring this as, as together. So it 
uh, it seemed to, uh, you know, made a lot of sense and it seemed interesting, exciting. So for about two years, we explored through books and we read read different books and started practicing things that we read in the books and then we um, started learning from a teacher and then decided uh, ourselves to become teachers and actually it was uh, in 1998 that we made a conscious commitment conscious decision and choice to begin a daily sexual spiritual practice and so for the past 12 years, we have made love, tantric love, uh, uh, every day for the past 12 years. And that's so fantastic. That's, that's amazing. So, so you make love every day. You would do, I mean, is this, is it, you have an alarm set? What do you have a special time? How, how do you work that? Well, it's, it's roamed around, but we've settled <laughs> on, in mornings, that's the only time. I think one of the anti-sex things in our culture, Lori, is number one, wait till spontaneity brings it up. And number, because you know we don't wait till spontaneity brings up many other aspects of our lives, but all sex, wait till spontaneity. And then the other thing is, well, what about putting it at the very end of the day? You know, most couples choose that's their time, if it happens at all. Very end of the day. Oh, great! I'm the most tired. I've had a full day. There's things still roaming around, phone calls or other things in the evening or maybe television or some wine and dinner. Everything is there. Everything else is out of the way. Now we have sex. So we realized that that was one of the patterns that was not interesting. It wasn't, didn't have enough juice for us. So then we put in the morning, testosterone is higher in both sexes. Many people think that testosterone is male. But women have testosterone, too, and it actually helps with the desire. And so it's higher in the morning. We don't, you know, it's 536, 6:37, somewhere in this range. We don't um, get phone calls very much. We don't have many obligations. We just simply made that a sacred time. There's something about the early morning coming out of that sleep. And now let's feel the sweetness of touch let's share um, that's beautiful i gaze that is that is such a hot tip i mean of all the couples that have been on my show and i've had you know i've had some very famous teachers sure most of the time i'm going to tell you and i know you're going to say you like this too i mean you know we come from the same school so i know you're going to say you love eye gazing every single couple that has ever been on my show, and this is not making anything wrong because I've had extraordinary interviews with people. Yes. Every couple says their most favorite practice that's altered their lives is eye gazing. And I'm here to tell you, Antoinette and Richard Asmus, this is the hottest tip that I've ever heard on Tantra Cafe. I, I mean it. I mean it. I'm not, you yeah. know, you know me. You know I wouldn't just say that. <laughs> right, right. No, you are... You are direct, powerful guy. <laughs> yes. So I mean it. I think it's so, it's like, it's like, duh, wake up, everybody. Yes, wake up and make love. Start yes. your day with the sweetness. That's right. And we always adapt, Lori, because if, the, if we have to catch an early morning flight, I mean, it's okay. We set the alarm at four, you know, or something like that. And we shorten the time then. But we still, it's going in with that commitment 
to oneself, to each other. It takes all the jockeying out of the way, and we also can't avoid each other, and we can't avoid it, because that's what happens in my experience, and ours too. We had, uh, like Anthony had shared, a lively sex life before, but it was still always kind of jockeying around. Is this the good time? Is this not? What does it mean? A lot of things got in the way. It felt like it was on the edge that it could easily fall over a cliff. And so this way, this is our time. And the other thing that we discovered that really made the difference for how to make this really alive and juicy is that we discovered that each of us would take a day to lead. In other words, what we did on X morning, I led this morning, for example. This was my morning. I could choose then what my what we call unique erotic excitement is for that day. In the past, we were kind of blended into the middle. Oh, yeah, this is what I like, this is what she likes, and we're kind of blended. But my favorites that aren't her favorites were left out. Her favorites that were not my favorites were left out. So we had this overlap in the middle. Well, when you're really close, and this is a tip I think that people could really pick up that are partners for a while, you want to get your own unique erotic excitements into your making love bed, your time together. What do you, and I love that thing where you said that you, you made a bell-shaped curve before. Yeah. You said that, that your most hottest practices that she doesn't prefer got dropped out, and her most hottest practices that you don't prefer got dropped out, kind That's of in right. a bell-shaped curve of relationship. Right, and we might have some that we both feel are hot. They're in the in the commonality pot, but there are many others, and we tend not to be. We tended, speaking of our own experience, we tended not to be as explorers. If you make love, if you have sex every day, of course, and you want it to be fresh and alive, what does it call for? Creativity, uniqueness, be an experimenter, and so by this, when we discovered this of taking, switching the lead, it's tomorrow Antoinette's time. She can choose whatever she wants to do, whatever special, a new curiosity or an old favorite. It might be my favorite or might not. It gives me the chance to be a follower, Laurie, and to be surrender. I like to fantasize that, oh, you know, I'm in this goddess temple with her, and I've been the one called in this morning, and I can do whatever she in, uh, desires and is interested in. So the idea of surrendering and following is great. And the one who leads also watches the time because we do have responsibilities in the morning. So that's kind of nice. On the day I'm following, I don't have to think about time at all. It's all up to her completely and vice versa, of course. And so then that gives me a chance as a follower. But then the next day, I'm the leader. And that by emphasizing these roles, by really clarifying them more fully, it gets out of that mushiness in the middle, which I think gets people bogged down. Well, it adds a lot. Go ahead. Before, I, I want to hear what you have to say, Antoinette. Before, I just want to know, before Tantra, when you, when you, you know, you had lovemaking, but it wasn't as frequent, uh, did, you, right. did you have that feeling, a lot of people had that feeling that, and I know I've had it too, if I approach my partner and my partner says, no, not now, I took it personally. Oh, and, absolutely. 
And then I had this resentment on top. Like, then I was going to have sex, and I had resentment because of the last time. Mm-hmm. Yep, it carries yeah. over. It carries over, and it's really natural. Um, the, uh, the agreement to make the commitment to have sex every day and also the agreement to honor each other's unique erotic excitements really opens a lot of space and um, it's, it's tremendous permission giving and it really deepens intimacy between the, the two partners in a relationship because um, usually people will withhold their unique excited, erotic excitements because they're afraid of, mm, will my partner think I'm too weird or will my partner refuse or um, you know, whatever. So the fear of rejection is really high. Yes. Um, and, of course, that's even present with just the act of asking or, you know, approaching the lovemaking. There's there's that, too. And so, again, that commitment to do, uh, to ha- have a sexual spiritual practice on a daily basis really removes a lot of, of that um, fear of rejection. However, it also opens doors for a deepening of intimacy because one of the things that we ask each other every morning the leader asks the um, the follower are you available this morning and that with all freedom opens the door for the partner to say well I'm yes I am wholeheartedly wow let's go or no, I'm not available. And then the next question is, well, what's there instead? And so sometimes it is emotions that are carryovers from maybe something else that happened, uh, in, you know, the day before or a, an interaction or maybe things that are being anticipated for uh, future time and in, in later in the day. Uh, it, you know, could be any anything or could be um perhaps um the listen, unique listen if i had a flight to catch i just want you to know if i had a flight to catch and my partner said are you available i don't know if i'd be available <laughs> exactly. i always have so much going on before a flight to catch you it's that's right right yeah and so the opportunity is to really come back into being present in the moment to explore with emotional release processes or, um, you know, just what's present in the moment kind of dialogue. Uh, there are lots of ways to really explore what's there to then work and, and navigate into the availability. And it's just amazing the exploration of self and the exploration of uh partner and and relationship the depth of relationship the sharing that that comes through and uh and honoring honoring time honoring surrender honoring each uh each individual's personal power and wholeness and uh so it it really does deepen the intimacy how did you really trip on this how did you i mean or stumble upon it i i don't know how to put it but there's, there's many tantra couples in the world, or, you know, at least I know them. I know the tantra. And there's many more couples entering the world of tantra every day. Right. How did you stumble upon this everyday thing? I mean, who came up with the idea? Yeah, I think it was Richard. 
and I and as I remembered, it really was born. Um, there, I think there's some sort of a uh, formula that uh, when there's dissatisfaction with a situation, then um, out of that dissatisfaction is born the impetus for creating change. And uh, so positive things can come from that. How do you remember it, Richard? I wanted to do a spiritual practice of discovering Tantra and to do the practice. And we have this technique called the cobra breaths and these every day. And I thought, wow, you know, this is sexual, spiritual. What about doing sexual every day and not jockeying around? I call it jockeying because then you have to kind of, is this a good timing? Is it a good timing for me? Is it a good timing for her? If Antoinette asks me, is it a good timing? Am I in the mood? All that little jockeying, it gets tiresome. And we also don't face each other because then we're spinning in our own worlds a lot. And how do, when, when are the times when we really merge? And I thought, well, what if we made our practice a daily practice? We do have other daily things, you know. I brush and floss every day. I do many things the same every day. What if we built this in? To be a rich, it's like a quick trip to Maui uh, every morning. And so it's like, wow. And so by doing it every morning, no longer was it jockeying, no longer was it avoiding each other, spinning in our own worlds. We face deeper and deeper things about ourselves individually. But then we really re- realized, wow, we're in this in this space together. What are we going to do to make it interesting? How are we going to do to make it alive and sustain it? Many people don't know how to sustain, Laurie. So that was the, we discovered it. Just And I remember in the Tantra world even, at the time, this was pretty many years ago, 12 years ago, there were some that kind of laughed or poo-pooed it and said, oh, yeah, having sex in your daily practice time uh but of course, you you know they were kind of thinking that there was something wrong with that, that it didn't belong. Listen, Listen I, I don't even want to go there. I, I I bet I know just who those people are. I don't <laughs> want to go there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And somehow that was one of our gifts: is that sex is a true partner with meditation. That's it's a true correct. Partner. It's an equal. It's not a stepsister. It's a partner with heart connection. It's a partner with consciousness the evolution of consciousness it's a real true partner and of course if it's a true partner well then make it a part of a true day if it's an alive day make it an important priority part of each day you know i um i have often there are two things that just come up for me when i hear you one is uh i have often thought that if i'm if i if a business meeting is important enough Yes. For me to make a business meeting, which I, I'm involved with and do all the time. Sure. I'm in business meeting after business meeting. Uh, then making love, it's important enough to make a a, a, a love meeting, a sex yes. meeting with That's my partner. Yes. That's one thing. And the other thing that comes to mind, and this is something I discovered a long time ago, and that it was um, I had this outrage about, people having to go behind closed doors and behind screens and in the dark. This is before I was tantric, but of course I was yeah. always tantric. I just yeah. didn't—I just didn't know that I was. I was—I was unconscious of my tantricness. Yes. Um, My—I was outraged by the fact that people's nudity and their body and their lovemaking had to go in the dark, covered up, behind doors. When, in fact, after killing in a war, 
there's yeah. a ticker tape parade and everybody comes out to throw, you know, to throw confetti and cheer when people come home from war after killing. And this is making life and that's taking life. Yes. So you are exhibiting to me this so much creative life force in just having to be creative with each other to keep it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something else. Wait. My my best friend Edward is my salsa partner. We do yeah. salsa dancing together, and Edward says he always comes to one of my class, one of my courses, my ecstasy course, and talks to the men. He says there are three things about dance that you have to do in life with women. One is keep her safe. Don't bang her into any other dance partners. You know, on the dance floor too. Right. Keep it interesting, or else she's going to get bored with you. And three. Make her look good. So it feels to me like you've applied this in with each other in the sense of taking responsibility to keep it creative, to keep it in the flow, to keep it real, to keep it fresh. Making love in the unknown. Amazing. Yeah. And connect yeah. it to a bigger purpose. Thank you, Lori. We have done that. And to make connected to a deeper purpose, I like what you're saying about how it's kind of walled off. And one of the things that we do is we come to the end of each of our sacred times together, sensual time together, is that we practice what we call orgasmic beneficence. It's, it's sending out the arousal, the orgasming, the spiritual consciousness, the mystery worlds, the beauty out into by blessing each other again we take turns and one of us will bless one of us and then the other will bless the other to send this energy out beneficence meaning to do good is a pure gift to the world we send it to each other to our partnership to our family to our grandson to our uh, students we send this out to the world as a whole anywhere and we feel these energy waves. They are real waves and that they go out. And this, this love, this, this excitement out to the world. And that gives it a bigger meaning. We feel like it's, it's connected, which is just so special. What are the kinds of things that you might say or focus on if you're sending this Fabulous. And it's reminding me of when everyone said to have orgasms for peace. Yeah. There was a movement then. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, it's, it's very similar to that. And so our orgasmic beneficence ceremony, uh, if, you know, if, to call it that. Um, for example, when I, I bless, on the day that I leave, then I bless Richard first when we're complete with our lovemaking and our, uh, spiritual practice of our breathing and meditation and uh, so what I do is lying at his side I place my hand at his pubic bone and speak a blessing speak a blessing to as he said earlier as to to him uh, blessing him as he moves through his day um, blessing our relationship our love um, blessing our students who um, are coming to our next course and so for you know a couple of weeks before we teach uh, our course we will be every day we'll bless those students in preparation to sending this energy to them for the highest good however they receive it to use it in, in uh, their stepping into this practice and um, 
uh, I'll, I may also say, in, you know, sending it out to our family, sending it to world leaders, sending it to all of those who um, may be struggling in some way in the world. Um, and so I make circles at the pubic bone and um, speak this blessing. And then I um, unite the um, energy of the second chakra at the pubic bone area with his heart chakra and um, say something, you know, it's different every every time I, you, I do the blessing, but to say something do you, about Do you put your hand there? I mean, do you, yes. you, when you so, unite the heart chakra, you put your hand there and you put I your... I do, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll slide my hand up to the heart and speak something about bringing the vibrance of this life force sexual energy in connection with heart and bringing the loving energy of the heart in connection with the the uh, the sex and then uh, slide my hand up to his brow center and um, speak something about um, you know that there be passionate awareness and conscious sexuality with uh, with a loving heart for for a loving new world and then I will um, chant the Aum mantra which is um, the the three vowel sounds of Aum are the the vowel sounds for the heart, the sex and the uh, third eye or the the sixth chakra and uh, so that's a way of, of completing that blessing and gifting of the energy. That's so beautiful. Do you, um, can we do that? Could we do a we could do a quick Aum chant just so people can really get the feeling of it. I'd like to do it together with you. Yeah, that is great. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna. I think one of you has a better singing voice than me. I'm not sure, but I could go in, or I could, you know, start it, and you'll just have to be on sort of a E flat minor, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not that technical, but I would like to encourage the listeners, Laurie. To when they and the ah part of that, almost all cultures, the ah, ah feel the vibration in the center of the chest with the heart, the ooh, yeah. pursed lips with the ooh, you know, make it sexy, ooh, feel it in the pelvis in the sex. I and feel then, it. I feel it just now. I felt it. Oh, good. <laughs> the M sound to feel that in the brain, and so we're, it'll roll. The mantra rolls, but it's so simple and so powerful. So let's do that. Uh, should we do three together, five together? What number feels no, good? I, I was actually thinking of just one. So Okay. Yeah, because I have a lot more I want to ask you. So our listeners okay. are just going to have to be really smart about this. They're gonna yeah, have to they can it. pick up. One of the things that's great about this is it's so short and easy. Yeah. So it's an easy one for them to practice on their own. Okay, so take a big inhale. Feel, be aware now of what's occurring in the heart, in the sex, in the third eye, in the brain. Feel all three simultaneously as best as you can. Take a big inhale 
And then exhale, gently opening your eyes or releasing it. So it gives you a sample because uh, it's the effect after, too, that we really emphasize with any of these. But it's amazing because yeah, it's very nobody sweet. lives with their heart sex. Or very few people live with their heart sex and consciousness all awakened and integrated and connected to their work and their health and their family and their gardening and their restauranting and whatever they're doing. Well, it's certainly, uh, it just made a difference right in the space right now, yeah. in the space yeah. where I'm sitting, in the connection between us, and hopefully yeah. that also got felt. Yeah. And will continue to get felt by the listeners around the world who listen on the Internet. It's, just, it's so simple. Yes. And so sweet. So thank you. That was great. Thanks, Antoinette, for that description of what you actually do. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's it's so nice. It's really it's so nice. What a fabulous practice. So 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 far we've gotten three tips, big tips from you. One is to make love every single day in the morning. Amazing. Two yeah. is to switch who leads on a daily basis. Every other day is your turn. So it forces one of you to be really creative and the other to surrender, which is so, so important in all of this. And then the third thing is that you then bless, you take the sexual energy, you, you spread it into the world in all these wonderful ways. You intend for it to go out there and cause peace and happiness. And then you bless the partner. What couple wouldn't want that? <laughs> right. It's, I mean, they'd have to be crazy. They'd have to have their head examined if they didn't want to relate that way. And if they don't want to relate that way, it begs the question, what are they doing together? Yeah. Yeah. It does bring it. You, it's, there's a level you mentioned intimacy before, Laurie. It is an intimacy practice because we're revealing oneself, my limitations, my, you know, my uniquenesses, my willingness to be open and bold, but also vulnerable and, and squishy. Vulnerable. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all, all at the same time. And so it is. And I think every person, my encouragement to listeners would be design your own. If it means three times a day, well then, I mean, th I'm sorry, three times a week, then uh, do those three. Take something to to make it so that it's not always waiting for the perfect time or waiting for this. Some people say, well, what about spontaneity? Oh, we have what we call uh, spontaneous or deep focus times that pop up other times of a day or a time, you know, especially if we have some little free time or vacation time or uh, those type of times. But other times, too, it's just, hey, I'm ready for a deep dive. I mean, again, it's this... Why would I avoid that which is so beautiful, pleasurable, sacred, connecting? Why would I avoid it? So we have those times, too. But each person be creative in their own styles would be my suggestion. Yeah. I think, you know, the spontaneous thing, I've heard that argument before. I've heard that from a partner or two. Yes, right. And I, I think it's baloney, basically. I think... Uh, I don't know where people got that 
that's another one of those fictitious things that I think, you know, that's, that's right. in the movies or on, uh, you know, from rock and roll. Like, it's got to be spontaneous or else yes. it isn't the real thing. If right. sex is part of life, it's an integral yeah. part of life. And to not have it in there, to, to just leave it to chance, like, like as if you would leave your finances to chance. Great. <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. I love that the two of you have been together for 42 years and you're like this with each other. Yeah. I keep saying that because to me it's mind-blowing. I mean, there's, there are people who've been together for years and years. I mean, my parents were together for 50-some-odd years Wow. before my mother's death. But I, don't, I know they didn't do this. You know, I, know, I just met my father's tantric now. Hey. Because, yeah, I, I made him go through my classes. <laughs> he, was, he, he found himself single in his 70s. And there were plenty of women around, but it was like, what, what, he didn't know anything. You know, he didn't even know to buy prophylactics. Right. Yeah. The health benefits of this have been really astounding for us as well. And the vitality has been really strong. People say, well, what if you have a headache or what if you don't feel well? And number one, that doesn't happen to us in these 12 years, not I don't think it's just by accident or by uh, coincidence that I think there's a direct correlation with this much energy, consciousness, and love, pleasure, orgasming, running through one's body, every cell, every system. There, it, it's a natural way to be healthy. So we say, even if we do have something, we used to think that we solved the common cold, Laurie, because at the <laughs> beginning, because we'd enter into these times and we'd say, wow. The cold symptoms have gone away. Well, they did come back in another half hour or an hour later. But during the time, it, they did go away. And so we were excited. They do. Yeah. They, they the do. Symptoms. I've noticed that. I've noticed that. I, you know, I think it has to do with T cells, though, by the way. They're, How does that I, work? I once had a uh, live blood test, and the, and the man looked at me and said, I think you're in love. I think you must be recently in love. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, because when you're in love, you have a higher production of T cells. Yeah. So yeah. I think when you're making love, your your body's producing uh, antibodies that keep away right. those symptoms so that you can actually connect. And then right. the sniffles come back. <laughs> That's right. The endorphins kind of, it all kind of goes away. And so we, number one, we I think it keeps us really healthy and it really brings us closer, you know, have to take two orgasms and call me in the morning as if we... <laughs> so That's great. The, uh, uh, but that has been a, you know, and being in our, you know, we've cr- crossed the 60s threshold in our lives and to feel to be in the bodies of 30 or 40 year olds, you know, 30, 40, 20, 30 years younger, there is, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's no. this vitality of life yeah i think i think you're right i think i think it's it's wonderful what can people do to get started with really these ecstatic practices that you're talking about they're There's making me ecstatic and i'm not even with you every morning right. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. well there are several uh, doorways that people can step through in working with us. One is to attend courses that we teach. Uh, 
Another way is to step into um, personal coaching with us, and there are two ways to do that. One is um, what we call customized coaching, and so it is either coaching with either Richard or coaching with myself, or some people like to have sessions with the two of us together, and so we, we determine that with the individual. And the, it can be in a customized format where the person uh, being coached chooses what they want to explore and um, navigate, learn, you know, learning new approaches, new techniques to navigate through the, the waters of life. Another way of doing the personal coaching is through a personal study course that we've developed that uh, has suggested readings and specific topics and um, people can move at their own pace with that and combine that with a, a coaching session. Can they do this over the telephone with you? Very few actually are in person anymore. Um, a great deal of, a great number of our coaching sessions are either by phone or by Skype. Uh, we have students all over the world and um, uh, so it's just wonderful, the, the modern technology that's available to us to support our growth and, and learning. Beautiful. And it really works in, at the beginning, this was like 10 or 12 years ago, weren't sure that it would work over the phone or then Skype wasn't there yet. It works great. Why? Because they then take these things coming out of every session. We really work with them, brainstorm, create with them some experiments, things they're going to explore, experiment in their lives for their own sexual life, their own spiritual life, their relational life, life purpose. Many of the sessions are around, what I, mean, I really want to make my life meaningful and filled with joy, excitement, and love. So they come out with experiments out of the session, Laurie, and then they try those in between, and then they come back. And, you know, sometimes it's celebration or sometimes, wow, I really hit the wall with that. Well, let's learn from that. What were the, where's the treasure inside of hitting the wall there? There must be something important behind that that you felt. So that now we just know that it works so well because they're applying it in a real practical way to living ecstatically in their daily life. Now, do you work mostly with couples, or do you work with single individuals as well? Yeah, well, we work with uh, mostly with individuals, and then and with some, some couples. couples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how my my teaching and my practices too. It's interesting, like that. I think it's um. I I well, one of the things I want to just bring out here is that we're actually talking about really normal couple relationship yep. situations we're talking about people just like you and me we're not yep. talking you know, we're talking about people who need to get to know themselves yep. as well as getting to know themselves in relationship to another yes it is we'd like to start exactly where people are people say oh i don't know i don't have this i don't have a partner i don't have too much emotional stuff Wherever a person is, is the perfect place to start. And it's, it works. You know, that's the other thing that I love telling people. It's like it works. And I wouldn't do it otherwise, but it's like there's no way that it doesn't work, assuming the person's open to facing herself and experimenting and loving, learning gradually if they, she or he needs to, to love oneself, to keep saying, yeah, I'm willing to be here, present with myself. It, it guaranteed the work. People live ecstatic. Learn to live ecstatically. Yes. 
Now, how do um, this is a this has got to be a quick one, but how do people sustain their discoveries? Because because there is recidivism. I find that people oh, yeah. go back to depression sometimes. They don't do their cobra breath. They right. don't do the practices, and then they they don't even do the homework. Right. So then what? Well, the first thing we do is to honor that it's that they for whatever reason this must serve you better. So to honor where they are, <laughs> you know, is to okay, you know, go if, if, wherever it is. So honor where they are rather than trying to to criticize or beat anybody up about anything, including oneself. So that's right. the first step. The other step is to take littler steps. Now, one of the things we've learned over the years is take little things and just practice little bitty things and then build from that. Think of a seed. You know, this is springtime here in the Midwest, so we have this thing's beginning to just sprout out a little bit. So too in one's wanting to make change in one's life. Take little steps but do them wholeheartedly, and then let it go. Go back to your old patterns. But then come back and do that little step again. It's there. And I think having key people, being in touch with a powerful person, teacher like you, Laurie, and or us or other teachers, being in that. Many of our students say, wow, I just I need to have that connection again, yeah. you know, to come some, to the course again. To keep some it, structure, it, yeah, yep. of course, repeat the courses. Yep. And oh, also so. to honor the resistance or the not yeah. doing whatever it is and to really look at what role that is playing in one's self and, you know, what message is there? What is what is there to learn from the, the not doing? Thank you uh, for saying that. It's really key. Very important. Yes. Well, I want to really thank the two of you. I, I'm so honored to have had you on the show today. If you just tuned in and you just caught the last segment, I've been talking to Antoinette and Richard Azimus, who teach and have a have founded Tantra Heart, which is their organization for teaching how to unite heart and sex consciousness. And today, they really did bring home how to simultaneously handle daily practice, that's daily sex practice, with... And, and, be, and be ecstatic about it, be in ecstasy with it, and handle your daily life, like the plane flights and the appointments and the everything, the phone ringing. I really honor you, too. I thank you so much for being my guest today. Welcome. It was an honor to be yes, with you. Yes, it was really delightful. Thank, thank you. Sorry. Go in peace and really have an ecstatic, fresh, amazingly tantric life. See you next time.